Good afternoon. This is a Sunday afternoon. I am Travis Holm and this is Joe Goodman. We are Big 12 sports fans and we're here to talk about the crazy world that we're now living in. Hey, Travis, how are you doing on this uh, bright and sunny Sunday? You know, I'm not doing too bad. Uh, this has been uh, kind of crazy, uh, kind of unexpected. I, uh, I, I didn't necessarily see this coming, at least when it did. I knew that we'd have some realignment conversations coming up in two or three years, but kind of blindsided me. We'd been hearing about, you know, the PAC 12 bleeding members, you know, especially like Arizona schools wanting to come East. And um, apparently until 10 days ago, they actually still wanted to. So uh, I think, I think they were kind of blindsided by this too, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that this came when it did. And I'm shocked how it did as well. Yeah. I'd say like, I was pretty surprised at the timing more than anything. I, I thought, I thought this something along these lines, not necessarily this exactly, um, was inevitable in the next few years, but I didn't think it was going to come right now. Um, it's it's going to be a fascinating time for college football, though, because and, and I think I think you and I have a unique perspective on things compared to a lot of fans. Me being a, a Baylor alum, uh, diehard there, uh, old Southwest Conference team that has survived rounds of realignment in the '90s. And you being an Iowa State guy that survives the um, the realignment along with the Big Eight, so it's just going to be interesting how this happens. But I think I think college football has just been evolving so much for a while now, and I don't think this is the last of it. But I'm surprised it's starting now. Yeah, when it, when this all first came down, uh, what was that? Two Wednesdays ago at like three in the afternoon, I saw that article, and I had seen articles before that you know said Oklahoma and Texas are going to the Big Ten, and I'm like, and I would always just brush them off because it was always speculative and it was just dumb. Like I never thought that I never felt like at any risk. That was my first reaction, but then I looked in a little more of who wrote it and where they wrote it. You know, as Brent Zornerman of the Houston Chronicle, he's the AM beat writer for the Chronicle. I'm just like, okay, this might have something a little more to it. And uh, so, but my thought was that that changes the power structure of college football. That shifts so much power into a place that already has so much power to the point where I thought it was just ridiculous. And I think it honestly took me an hour or two to actually think that, oh, this might actually be something cataclysmic, you know? Yeah, for me, I saw the initial report and I was like, okay, this is coming from the, the Chronicle. So it's, it's generally going to be legit. It's a trusted source. Uh, but I think the, the, the reality hit me when Texas and Oklahoma's statements that a couple hours later, that same day, um, were almost identical and they were, they didn't deny anything. There was no, you know, it was something along the lines of there's, there's reports like this all the time and we don't respond to all of them. And the moment that came out, it was like, uh oh, like, okay, this is, this is going to be real. Um, you know, and, and you're not wrong. This, this shifts the power um, all the way to, to one side. And I think that side isn't even necessarily the SEC. I don't even think it's one league. I think it shifts the power all the way over to um, schools that have fan bases that, TV networks and streaming networks want to put on. Like, it doesn't matter how good um, a certain school is. If they've got a massive following and a massive fan base and they have people that are going to be willing to 
turn them on on TV or if they're going to be willing to download ESPN Plus or whatever streaming app exists. I think I think that's really where this power shift is going. Um, it's all following the money. And unfortunately, for people outside of the SEC, that's where all of the money has flown or have, has basically flowed for the last 15 plus years. Um, and whether or not that was natural or if there was some pushes and nudges that happened along along the way with ESPN, that's another discussion. But, um, you know, it, it just begs the question, though, as this power shift is occurring, like, is this the end of the power shift like is the sec just looking to get to 16 or is there going to be is there going to be even more of a push here i know there's been a ton of reports out there around what the acc wants to do um but more specifically like i, I think it was florida states um either old athletic director or old president had a quote a couple of years ago that basically said they're still looking around for for what they can do to secure florida state's uh impact long term I think if you're a school like Clemson, you've got to be sitting there wondering, what do I do next? Is the ACC my a long-term place to be? So what do you see happening with the SEC? Do you think this is the end of it, or do you see anything more coming? You know, uh, there's there's been a lot of speculation. I I, I think this is round one of um, a major shift. I think, I think that what we saw happen a decade ago is child's play in comparison. I know that that kind of set the table. I mean, I would almost maybe call that realignment round zero. Um, you know, Nebraska moved, um, you know, the Big East collapsed, you know, there was some moving around, especially in the Big 12, obviously, where the Big 12 really destabilized. But I think what we're seeing here is the start of the SEC truly trying to consolidate the sport, I guess you could say. I think that they are really wanting to get some power hitters in there. And I'm not sure if it's because they see the talent pool dwindling in football over the next 20 years, I don't know if they see this as just a, a, a way to have a pure minor league for the NFL. I don't know if it's just because there's just a ton more eyeballs in that region for football. Um, you know, because right, right now they're the second most powerful media contract compared to the Big Ten. So I, I, I do think that this was a number one, a way to become number one and become number one, like for good, unless the big 10 did something ridiculous. So there's just a lot of stuff there. That's just like, okay, what's next. And, but then also I'm curious to see if the sec gets rid of what they would consider dead weight. I'm talking Mississippi state. I'm talking Vanderbilt I'm talking South Carolina, you know, I, as the big 10, all of a sudden you'd be like by Purdue, you know, things like that. You know, and I think that's a, as it pertains to like the wider ramifications of college football in general, one of the, one of the things that I just have a mental note of is does the NCAA have a place in college football moving forward? You know, you look at basketball, for example, the NCAA manages runs and operates March madness. Like the NCAA logo is on everything. They own that thing. College football has been autonomous from the NCAA for a long time. The NCAA doesn't own the bowl games. ESPN, in fact, owns, I think, 14 current bowl games that are played. They don't own the BCS when the BCS was around. They don't own the college football playoff. That's why that those when the team wins those championships, it's called the college football playoff national championship. Uh, now, the NCAA sanctions allows those games to happen and kind of acts as the police force behind whether or not a school can participate. But... 
they don't manage or operate any of those things. And so I've wondered for a really long time if because of the money that's involved in college football compared to everything else, you know, I coming from Baylor, I can sit here and preach basketball all day long because we just won a national title, but that's, that pales in comparison to the amount of money that Robert Griffin winning a Heisman brought our school. And that's not a national championship. Um, so I've wondered for a long time, if the sec was just going to say, you know what, our football teams are no longer going to operate under the rule of the NCAA. We're going to pay our players how we want. That way we can get all the best players to come here. We're going to sign, you know, some kind of agreements with the NFL and we're going to operate a football organization that's separate from the NCAA. And it wouldn't surprise me if what you're talking about now of, are they going to get rid of dead weight? Like that's the point where I think we could get where you see like, Hey, the wake forests of the world are left out in the cold because you know, Clemson and Florida state are going to jump ship. And then you've got Ohio state, Michigan, um, and maybe like a Wisconsin and a Penn state leaving the, the big 10. And then over out West, you know, you seeing in Oregon and their ties to Nike, no matter historically how good they were, but Oregon's got a big enough name. Now USC, even maybe a UCLA, um, jumping into the fray of this non NCAA new world order of college football. And then the question then begs, what happens to the Baylors of the world? Do they kind of end up in almost like the way D2 exists now, where the NCAA is much more involved with that level of football? Um, and is that even a viable way to continue that sport moving forward? Or would it just be viable to only have it at this kind of NFL minor league level? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think I. It, it's obvious that they don't view the eight of us worth anything right now and so I guess I'm just curious though I mean I, I've been to plenty of big 12 schools and the, 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 the fan atmosphere the fan support you look at the TV ratings things like that they're not the greatest but they're also not the worst so that yeah so TV that, ratings that's, that's, I, that's, let that's, me jump in on that because that's an interesting thing I think it was Stuart Mandel Stuart Mandel this week was kind of ringing the bell for Oklahoma and Texas and showing like how, how much better their TV ratings are. Mm. I, I have to rebut on that because yeah. and rightfully so that this occurs, they, they are the biggest brands, but even a Texas team that's 500, is much more likely to get a national game on ABC than an undefeated Iowa state. Yeah. Like Iowa state's going to end up on ESPN, maybe ESPN two, or at worst case, an ESPN plus game, whereas you're never going to see that happen with Texas and Oklahoma, no matter how good they are. Um, so it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy of we put Texas on because they get the most ratings, but you also do everything you can to help Texas get the most ratings. So I don't know. It just makes me, it just makes me wonder though, if, you know, if Oklahoma state and Texas tech and Iowa state and, you know, all of these in West Virginia and all these schools, if, if they're not good enough, I, I can think of a lot of other schools who aren't good enough. So that tells me kind of where their bar is here. And that's not that many teams. That's probably maybe what, 30? Yes, I, I think. And, and that's kind of been the rumor uh, that I've seen around is 32 um, is a number I've seen thrown where it's kind of like maybe two 16 team divisions or maybe it's an NFL style thing where it's, you know, eight divisions of four or something like that. But yeah, I think I think what we're seeing here is is the amount of teams that are going to be at the table. I I initially thought, remember at the beginning of this, I said I wasn't surprised by what was happening. Just when my initial thought for a really long time, um, 
ever since our last round, what you called realignment zero with Nebraska A&M, the Big East, I thought what we would eventually see happen was that there was going to be a tier of college football above all else that was going to be four 16 team conferences. And I thought that's, that's what we would see. And it would kind of, it would be the power five as it exists now. And my, my thought was always minus Wake Forest plus Notre Dame. And um, that would be the 64 teams, but you're right. Like, it looks like they're saying, well, actually some of those 64 teams aren't good enough for us. Um, so I think 32 is, is probably the best bet of what we see maybe 10 years from now. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm hoping that the SEC adds Florida state and Clemson next week. And then the week after adds Michigan and Ohio state, cause that would be true. Burn it down. Never. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I, I almost have the tear the bandaid feeling off now too. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't want Oklahoma and Texas. If we're looking at the big 12, you know, specifically moving into that, like, I don't know if I want the big, I don't know if I want UT and Oklahoma around for three more years. Like I'm not, I'm kind of over being mad at them. And, but now it's just like, I don't want this because I'm going to be tired of every single game that they participate in, in the big 12 moving forward. Half of the broadcast is going to be about what's going to happen when they move to the sec. And when we're talking, it's going to be football and basketball. And I just, I'm going to get tired of hearing about it. So just go now. That's how I feel. You know, but I'm at the point though, where, it, it all depends how the money shakes out. Like if, you know, so they're going to have a buyout. And then if they leave right away, we still own their media rights through 2025. That's kind of the general thought right now in some circles. And I'm not a lawyer, you're not a lawyer, but the, the grant of rights deal, I mean, pretty much states that we own their media rights. The Big 12 owns their media rights for Texas and Oklahoma through 2025. And the thought is that let's say that they go to the SEC all of a sudden, Alabama's playing in Austin or uh, Georgia is playing in Norman, and that's a Big 12 broadcast. And the, the mayhem and kind of the maybe the hilarity of that actually kind of made me chuckle when I had first heard that from, um, from a lawyer friend of mine, because all of a sudden, maybe we have a little more money before this thing truly breaks off, which, you know, there's still a little more. Here's here's the deal though. Like I, I what I've heard the estimate is is, and this is rounding up is about eighty million each. So one hundred and sixty million dollars divided by eight schools. That's twenty million each. Like I don't know. Like does twenty million dollars over you know shape your uh, reshape everything that'll happen at your school? It's it's lower than the payment we get per year as being a normal member of the of the big 12 um i think a lot of that depends as to what the new media kind like so let's say that i mean yeah. i think a lot of that depends as to kind of what the future leagues look like um yeah you know and i, I think i think right now we're looking through 2025 there's going to be a big 12 conference of some type you know it might be a big eight conference but i think i think it'll be some semblance of that and uh you know, I'm curious what that money would actually be. I think I, I we saw that ESPN had a what eight or nine million per school, and I'm I, and I'm like, okay, that's kind of low ball. That's there's no way it's that low, but right, and, and it, it, that's of course them saying that there would be a whole either court case or mediation that would be involved in in renegotiating what that per game uh, or that per year would be. Um, but you brought up an interesting thing on, you know. ESPN being involved in all this. Mm -hmm. 
and whether or not Texas and Oklahoma want to leave early. I, I don't think that there's it. I fully am bought in on the conspiracy theory. I'll, I'll say that. So I think the UT and Oklahoma fans out there will tell me I'm crazy. And I think the members of the other eight will tell me it's true as well. But I, I fully buy into the fact that ESPN believed that they could, that if this got announced or if they started doing this, they could find a way to either collapse the Big 12 or find a, or convince the Big 12 that merging with the AAC was going to be just a happy-go-lucky thing. And everybody would give each other a hug, walk out the door, and there wouldn't have to be any money exchanged. Um, and it looks like that's not the case. So, um, A, let me ask you, do you buy into the conspiracy that that ESPN was heavily involved behind the scenes and had a vested interest in collapsing the Big 12? And B, this is the more interesting question to me, do the other eight schools have the ability to not stab each other in the back oh my well first of all i don't necessarily think that the that i almost said the sec the sec espn conglomerate i think i, I think they know what they want to do and i think that i think their first logical step was to end the big 12 i think that that was just the first thing they had to do and uh they did it effectively except it got leaked so then they couldn't do it crisply and seamlessly i think uh i think ultimately they're probably going to get where they want to be still but there's going to be a lot of uh a lot more scarring maybe <laughs> on that yeah. um because it does seem like we're putting up at least a fight right now at least to get a little more money or a little more something but i i don't know i i, I was on a bosco's boy podcast um they were kind of having a round table probably 20 fans and i kind of chimed in there i still think there are schools in the Big 12 who are going to pursue other Power 5 landing spots, even if it doesn't quite look like they might have one right now. They're still going to be looking. And if I'm the president of Iowa State, if I'm the president of Kansas, if I'm the president of West Virginia or Texas or whoever, if I, if I have a landing spot in the next round of college athletics, I'm, that's a tough I'm going. But Yeah, but I, I, I mentioned... But the question then becomes... Does that affect this lawsuit if we all have our landing spots starting August of 2025? So I think that I think the question is two part. Can we not stab each other in the back at least until this brand of rights ends? And I th honestly think maybe. Now after 2020, I, you you can't tell me that all eight schools in this in this conference that are left in this big eight, you cannot tell me that none of them have a spot at the table in the future. For whatever reason, there's gotta be one somewhere. I you, you, there, There's too much there. There's too much history there. There's too many passionate fan bases. You just can't tell me that there's eight irrelevant schools. And there's a lot of people who are out there who are saying that there are, and I'm just not quite there yet. But to maybe to focus back on that, I. I hope we can keep it together to 2025 to keep Texas and Oklahoma's foot to the fire. That being said, I could totally see um, Kansas signing a deal with the Big Ten, you know, for, you know, a, four years from now, you know, with the date of August 1st of 2025. I mentioned to some friends that I think Kansas State, Baylor, and TCU are the most dangerous three 
to the other eight right now, because I think those are the three schools that have the least chance of landing into one of the four conferences left. And I think they're the ones that if say the ACC came calling to Kansas state, I don't see any way that Kansas state and, and if the ACC gave him an ultimatum, like we're expanding now, you know, you and West Virginia can come, we're bringing Notre Dame and somebody else and they're doing it now. And we're not going to wait around Kansas state's not going to say no. Like, um, and I think Kansas state or TCU or Baylor are also going to be the ones that are more actively calling around and pitching themselves and trying to be viable because I think they're the ones that are most scared. Mm-hmm. Um, So I don't, I don't know. Like, and and it also brings up, like you said earlier, we're not lawyers, but there's like some legality that comes into like, if you have already signed a deal with another conference, like how does that affect your vote moving forward within? Like, there's so many things that are involved um, that are going to have to be decided in courts. I've seen a lot of Baylor folks because we have so many lawyers make the joke that um, billable hours is the one that always wins at the end of this. And like, really, that's what we're doing here. We're, we're going to be spending millions upon millions of dollars paying lawyers to decide uh, to decide what happens to a bunch of kids that want to play college football. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's crazy to me. Um, it's, it's a but, big I mean, we, I mean, you know, we, we, you know, maybe another day we can talk about the ethics of, you know, 18 year olds yeah. being big business, but you know, um, you know, there, um, there, but there are plenty of people who start their careers at 18 in big business. So people would say, yes. Yeah. But no, I, I, I just, I mean, if, if I was taking a big 10 invite tomorrow, I'm sorry, guys, we're gone. Go. Yeah. And I don't think anybody would judge you for it. The big 10, like, like sometimes I always say this, like the big 10 added Michigan state in 1957. And I'm just like, well, why the fuck couldn't they have added one more? Like, why couldn't they have just added us? Like we would have, cause back then there wasn't like the markets thing. Like it was just, nearby schools and Iowa State was right there you know we're two hours from Iowa City we're two hours from Minneapolis or two and a half from Minneapolis like you know sometimes I really regret that because that would have been a better fit than even the big eight was for us yeah you know but I I mean I'll be honest with you I I I wish it was when this all first went down I started just immediately plucking the remaining members of the big 12 into other leagues hoping it would just be a 16 team thing It'd be like, admit, okay, admit the SEC did the power move and they're going to be the all powerful one. But I, I was just kind of hoping we could all wind up in the other leagues and that would be it. Because then this other conversation that we're having on the wider ramifications of this is that now all of a sudden you're going to have Ohio State and USC in a conference potentially. And then all of a sudden, it just ruins the history of the Rose Bowl, like, too. I mean, are you just going to have that conference championship game at the Rose Bowl? And then here's the other thing. Is that the Fox League? And then the SEC is the ESPN League? And we're going to get to a point where it's so nasty they're not even going to play each other for a championship because you're going to have the ESPN champion and the Fox champion and maybe the Fox champion is just the Rose Bowl every year? I don't know. I mean, I could see this divorce going so bad in so many ways. Maybe that happens. Like, <laughs> as you can tell, this has been on my mind for 10 days now, and it has gone everywhere. Yeah, man, like anywhere it could have gone, it's gone and further, you know, I, like Baylor has played football f- for like 130 years or something. Now we've been playing since like the 1890s and we were in the Southwest conference forever, which I don't know if there was a more perfect conference when it existed for what it was just being all right. 
football's religion in Texas. So, hey, if you're a big school in Texas or you have, you know, or you're a division one athletic school in Texas, guess what? You get to all be in the same conference and we're going to let Arkansas come play us too. And like, man, I, I wish we could go back to something like that. Like it, it, it really upsets me. Like you, thinking about Iowa state being in the big 10, it would have made sense. Like it, 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 it makes me this landscape, but it did then. Yeah. It makes me wish for the days where like regionality mattered and national championships didn't matter. Like the majority of the national championships that Alabama claims, like, let's be honest, they're, they're like from random publications. It's the same thing. A&M has claimed and has a claim national championships from like boys life or something. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, like they get a national yeah. championship merit badge from that. Yeah, exactly. That's what it was, you know? Um, but you know, the, the, the days where like, you know, people wonder why bowl games don't matter anymore. And it's, it's because it used to be, that was the big deal. It wasn't winning a national championship. It wasn't as big of a deal as if you were in the big 10, winning the big 10 and going to the Rose bowl. If you were in the Southwest conference, going to the cotton bowl, like if you were in the ACC and the SEC, like going to the sugar bowl and the, and the orange bowl, like that was the big deal back then. And it didn't matter who at the end of the year, from USA Today or some random magazine voted at number one, um, you know, and so I think a lot of this started with the BCS moving into the college football playoff and this desire to be this national champion. It took the the cork out of the bottle. We're never going to be able to put it back in, yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately to the Big Twelve, um, it looks like even though the grouping of schools there is a really, really good athletic conference. It is, it's unarguable, mm -hmm. but the perception doesn't exist there mm -hmm. um, from the powers that be. So if you were gambling, like if I said, Travis, you're going to put your next month's salary down on it. What happens to the big 12 in 2026? What is going to be happening to the big 12? I, I'm willing to bet that there's a, uh additions of probably four schools um i i would i i would i'd put it at 50 50 that maybe one is gone but right now the way it's looking i i mean i can go 50 50 on this show i'll be honest with you because like i i mean i could see us adding four to five schools from the american the, the 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 top of that league and the bottom of the big 12 put them together that's a serviceable league it's not a great league it's not a bad league it's a serviceable league I could see that happening. That being said, we just talked for 30 minutes there about long-term ramifications, a lot of extra moves. And to be honest, I think that what's actually going to happen is something that we honestly don't quite comprehend yet, because I'm going to tell you right now, if the big 10 goes and gets four pack 12 schools, then all of a sudden you have a big 12 pack 12 cast off conference. So then if the sec goes and takes Florida state and Clemson, or let's say that they take Michigan and Ohio state too. And we get really crazy all of a sudden, then you have like so many cast offs and maybe then you do kind of maybe, maybe like maybe that league slightly below this new sec would could actually be like the fun league. And at this point you're at, at that point, you would still have schools like Iowa and Nebraska and Michigan state, you know, and North North Carolina, which that still boggles my mind that they just don't even matter in this because it's all about football. You know, I think in that fun league, you know, where you'd get, you know, you wouldn't, you know, USC and UCLA and Oregon would be in this new super thing. 
but I mean, you're, you'd still have Colorado and Utah and Oregon State and Washington and schools like that. Mm, you know, so I just had to- I, I love that. I, this big, long, pie in the sky, big idea. That's one option. The other option is this serviceable Big 12 AAC kind of merged-ish thing. And I'll be honest with you, Joe, I cannot, like, seriously, like, I would be sweating- in that casino trying to figure out which way to go. Like, <laughs> I I mean, my gut tells me that we know nothing. Like, you know, like it, it would be really easy right now to say that that Big 12 plus UCF, BYU, Cincinnati, and Houston, that, you know, and, the, and us eight are just all hunky-dory together. And, you know, we're all just going to stick together because we don't have landing spots. And those schools are great too. Those four will add. We'll just, you know yippee ki down the road you know i for as much as it seems that that's the direction we're going i i i guess that's the orderly option and then the, what i just said there you know with the, all the cast offs from all these other leagues i still i, I still pick the chaos you, you know, know what you you've swayed me i was going I, to say i think i think there's going to be a big 12 AC, AAC merger yeah but no because and you know why i'm betting on it because i wanted to happen because i if we get into this, like, like you said, this, it's kind of the, it's fine. It's serviceable. This merger with the AAC. I still think we're on a road reaching to where it's still chaos again in 10 years. I, I still think it's going to end up with this kind of 32 team super league. Yeah. So why not, why not get ahead of the game yeah. and merge with the quote unquote cast offs and you create a, it's a, a separate league guess what? I've heard so many people talk about recruiting and how it'll like, there are still the same amount of recruits that are going to come out every year. Mm -hmm. The recruit, the top recruits every year, generally speaking, go to the teams that we're talking about leaving. Yeah. So I don't, I, there would be a, yes, there would be a lower level of recruiting. Like Iowa States and Baylor's of the world would probably drop down and wouldn't get some of the kids that they can get today. Mm -hmm. But overall, it's still going to be a really solid football product. And at the end of the day, the thing I keep reminding myself is I don't watch college football because I care about the, the per, you know, almost professional aspect of it and the way that the money's managed and, and all this. I watch college football every week because it, there's the pomp and circumstance along with the college side of it. I love hearing the bands and the drums and yeah. the, different, the different traditions that go on. And I watch it because it's my school. Like, and I really, really love the experience that I had at Baylor. And I remember going to games and seeing it packed. So I don't care if they're going to be playing Texas or BYU or North Dakota State. I'm Baylor gang or die. And uh, so. Hey, hey, Joe, just an FYI, never, ever, ever wish that upon yourself. You do not want to play North Dakota State. That being said, <laughs> that being said, I think this is a really good segue, though. What do you think is the best scenario for Baylor here? The best scenario for Baylor, I think in the short term, like if we're looking right now, kicking the can down the road and trying to survive and getting into whatever the end state is, the, the best case scenario for me is getting into the Pac-12. Um, and that would be kind of that dream of the of everybody happily landing in one of the other four areas. And that, and that would kind of be a, a TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech all kind of landing in the Pac-12, making it a Pac-16. Um, I think, you know, that we're the Texas Western side of the United States. It would match up well with Arizona and Arizona State. And for the Pac-12, it's ideal because it allows them to have um, 
two to four 11 a 11 a.m kickoffs every week um and i think that really really is a big deal cover it they would they would have coverage for all the time zones at that point um they wouldn't be in the eastern but central is close enough yeah um so and i do think that uh the 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 pitch that a school like baylor and tcu would make because the religious schools pac-12 has been kind of anti-religion i think your argument though is yeah we're in a state that's going to grow 20 million more people you yeah, know, and, 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 and most of them are your people too. Exactly. The majority of people moving to Texas are from California. So we have people from USC, UCLA, Stanford. Like I, I work with people from all those schools that, that have moved here. So, um, you know, that's a great argument. I think the, the 2.0 of that is us going to the AAC, which I know a lot of people are balking at, but I think if we stick around with, the other conferences staying like they are the Pac-12, Big Ten, and ACC, if they stick around and they still have some kind of grip on the reality of college football, um, the Big 12 would be going away and that opens a void for there to be this fifth conference. And it 100% would be the AAC. You wouldn't be in really that much of a worse, worse off spot than you were with the old Big 12. Um, and as I've mentioned a couple of times on Twitter, um, being a new dad, it would be really cool to take my son to Disney World on an away game trip. So um, adding UCF is geographically awesome there. So those are, I think those are the two quote unquote best case scenarios for Baylor. I would say the worst case scenario for them would be something like the AAC doesn't want them and they end up in a whack or a Mountain West, um, which I, I could see. Like, I mean, there are scenarios where that could happen. Um, and I think that's kind of the worst case. But um, the reason I care more about that is for our basketball team, because even if we land in the AAC two, um, so, it's a really solid basketball conference. So, so the final four matchup you just had was with Houston. Yeah. You know, so um, on my end for Iowa State, I the best case would still be the dream to get in the Big Ten. And I honestly, I, I the the dream for Iowa State there would be that the Big Ten schools would say, okay, the SEC is pursuing madness. We're going to choose stability here, and we're going to get like-minded schools who are like us. And if That's they, the most Big Ten thing ever, too. And, and so the argument then is we're going to add Iowa State and Kansas because they're two AAU schools in the Midwest who value academics, who already have academic partnerships with multiple other members in the league, um, Iowa State has partnerships with Purdue and Michigan State, which you wouldn't expect, but also with Nebraska and Kansas and things like that. So that's the best case scenario. You got to hope that the Big Ten box and says, no, SEC, you can have your fun here, but we're still college athletics. That's the best case scenario for Iowa State, because then they're kind of trying to maintain some semblance of a status quo. That being said, I'm not sure that that's really that likely. Iowa State's going to probably try to make a really big pitch to the Big Ten in the next four years. That's my guess. Um, I would guess that uh, Kansas has a little bit better of a pitch for that because they have a brand with their basketball program. And I think that's really important, especially in an NIL type world. Um, but Iowa State's got to try. And we've done a good enough job academically. And we've actually done what people all told us 10 years ago we needed to do, get good at football. And at the end of the day, that does matter. So if you can add our academics, our fit, and our football, Maybe. I think that, you know, if though, if we're if we're just plugging teams into slots to get to 16 team leagues everywhere, I think the more likelier would be a 
um, Pac-16 Eastern Division with the four publics of Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech joining an Eastern Division with Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State. That seems a little more likely to me. Um, and to be honest, I kind of like that idea. Uh, a yearly West Coast trip, just sign me up for it. Um, but yeah, the the whole Big 12 thing, like we already talked about, or the new Big 12, you know, with the best of the AAC, it's serviceable, it's fine, I'll live with it, it sucks, but I'll live with it, you know. But I don't like it, I just don't. It's not gonna be on, it's not gonna be on the big stage. And Iowa State has been building for so long to finally be on the big stage. And we all thought Jamie Pollard was an idiot when he first got here. He's like, do you guys want to dream big and do other things? And he stuck around and kind of got us there. I mean, we won the Fiesta Bowl, I mean, seven months ago, eight months ago. And now all of a sudden we finally do that. And then that's when we get knocked out of the big game after a hundred years of being in it, when we probably weren't worthy. Now the time that we are worthy, we can't be in it. It's like, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's the ultimate Charlie Brown, you know? You guys so, killed the BCS and now you're killing college football. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, so the best, the, the best case scenario would be a big 10 or a pac 12, you know, that, that, that big 12 AAC thing, like it's probably, you know, that's probably the most, I mean, that'd be the odds on favorite in Vegas, like we just talked about. But like I said, though, I still think that there's just a lot of dominoes to fall. So yeah, for as much as uncertainty sucks, I'm just, you know, I'm, I, I, I almost want more of a ride than less of one because I think that the more musical chairs that get played, I think, I think there are a lot schools in a lot worse situations than Iowa state who would probably wind up out of the game than us. And I think you've mentioned Wake Forest a bunch of times. I don't know if you have a thing against them, but um, I think they'd be one of them. I think like, you just, uh, they just always, whenever I think about schools, Wake Forest always pops into my head of just never actually being good at anything. And maybe I just pay attention to them at the wrong times. But like, I just, like, they always don't make sense to me in a 64 team like field. They were so small that they were able to pick up and move their campus. <laughs> I mean, like, I've heard Wake Forest is gorgeous. Yeah. And I remember like we lost to them a couple of times in football and then beat them in football. Uh, and that was kind of like us being able like, hey, we beat a, you know, a non-conference power five school, um, you know, when when he who will not be named coach first got there. And uh, but then we had Robert Griffin and like, I don't know, man, I just look at Wake Forest as like the school that like they're always like, what are you doing here? But what do you what do you think the chances are that none of those three that you mentioned for Iowa State, like. I've, I've seen a couple of Iowa State fans jokingly talk about the Mountain West, but do you think there's any scenario where Iowa State gets that left that far behind? I mean, I, I think I think the floor would be the Big 12 being around. Now, I do now I do think it's possible still that maybe that I mean, the, there is a chance where that new Big 12 resembles the American a little more than we want it to. I think that a new Big 12 is a lot better than the American right now because it still has some schools who've been in the Power Five for a long time. I think though, like let's let's say though that um, the Pac-12 is like, well, we're not going to go to 16. We'll go. We'll add Texas Tech and Oklahoma State because those are big schools, but they're also in a better recruiting state and they're closer to a state that's growing. Okay. Well, um, I, then that, 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 would, that wouldn't be good for Iowa State and Kansas State because like our population projections are nowhere near as good. They're actually going the opposite direction we want them to. Um, I think 
if there was a circumstance like that, I think that things could really go south. But I think that I think that Iowa State's done enough in the and not in just the college athletics world, but in the college world, you know, in the university world, that I think their ability to draw students from out of state, in particular uh, Minnesota and Illinois, I think that I think their ability to I mean, it's a thirty-five thousand student school. I mean, that's you know, that's that's had a tradition and a fan base for a while. I think that. You know, I think I think maybe maybe I'll sleep a little better tonight. You know, knowing that that's probably not going to happen in the Mountain West. <laughs> but you know, I mean, I you know that could be a you know what could happen in the chaos version. I don't think that that I think the chaos version would be better for Iowa State than the serviceable Big Twelve. But you never know. I mean, chaos is chaos for a reason. But I wouldn't put my money on Mountain West at all. Well, real quick, let's finish this off with, uh, you know, we're, we're experts on Baylor and Iowa State, but I think we're even bigger experts on everyone else. Oh, for sure. And, and, and if you go to Kansas or Okie State or Tech and you listen to this, just know we know what's best for you um, because we've watched you play. And um, we know more about your school and your traditions. Um, so let's talk about each individual school, like what is the other six? Kansas, give me your best case scenario and your worst case scenario. For Kansas. Okay, so, I mean, I've, I've lived in Lawrence, Kansas for a year and a half of my life. So I actually probably know them a little better than most. Um, their best case is still the Big Ten for all the same reasons I said for Iowa State. They have, a, they have a better basketball brand. I mean, that's an elite brand in college sports. That being said, we're learning very quickly that basketball just doesn't matter. And it's a really fun thing. And March Madness is so much fun. And like, I've been to, I've been to sweet 16 elite eight games here in Omaha where Kansas was playing and Duke was playing. And it's a great event, but at the end of the day, basketball games have 15 to 20,000 people. If you're lucky football games on the worst end have 40,000 on the best end have a hundred thousand. So Kansas picked a bad decade to be bad at football. They picked probably, I mean, because when you think of like, even like a Kansas State who's had a good decade of football, you know, I, they're looking, I'm not going to say Kansas State looks any better than Kansas right now. But if you look at their facility in Manhattan and you look at their facility in Lawrence, there's no comparison. The fact that Kansas hasn't done a thing with their football stadium in outside of taking out a track in 15 years. I really worry about the Big Ten wanting them because they just haven't been able to put anything together despite having Big 12 money, which was a good amount of money. It's more than Kansas has ever had. And I, I really worry. So the, their best case is the same as Iowa State. It's the Big Ten, but it's still... I mean, it's not even a work in progress. Like, I don't even know what you would call it. I mean, it's just, I mean, they're, they're, I, I have a lot of Kansas friends and I really don't like just peeing on their grave here, you know, their figurative grave here. But like, I mean, they lost 99 games in a decade. I mean, that's insane. I, mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I used to have a boss that was from UK or K, KU. I, I always get them confused, but yeah. I, I have a boss that went to Kansas and, and I know a couple of other people who, who went and are Jayhawks. And I don't see them ever talk about football, ever. Like they, 
And if you bring it up with them, it is the quickest response. Like if you ever want to talk trash about their football team, it's just wait till basketball season. Like yeah. call me during, call me when basketball comes. Oh. And guess what? I, I don't, th- I think Kansas is the school that I know they want to end up at the table and everything, but you don't need to. Gonzaga exists. Villanova exists. If Kansas tomorrow announced that they weren't going to have a football team anymore, I don't think it really affects them. I don't think, I don't, I don't think they'd go that crazy, but I mean, I, I'll be honest with you here. I think if like, let's say that there's really no spot for them to go. And let's say that this big 12 thing, this, you know, we're referring to this as the big 12 AAC serviceable option. We'll come up with a better name for it someday. I'm sure. It, that like, would be a great conference. I, I, think, I think Kansas would consider going independent in football like UConn and joining the Big East. I don't think they would do it. I think they would consider it. I thought the Big East, you had to be a Catholic school. UConn's in it now. So, oh, okay. Um, that changed. So, um, new this year. But then all of a sudden they're playing, you know, I mean, Creighton's in the Big East. So that, I guess, would be their new rival. Blue Jays, Jayhawks. I don't know. I guess I'd, 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 I'd buy a ticket to that. You know. They'd probably be able to play Mizzou easier at that point because then the whole Mizzou leaving them behind wouldn't matter. But that might be a reason that they're like, oh, crap, we need we, we need to get this football thing turned around because I don't think I don't think they want to see Missouri in the SEC succeeding or even even being 500 in the SEC and then them not even having a football team. I think after a while that would re- I mean, 20, 30 years down the road, if your biggest rival is in the SEC and you don't have football. I mean, that, that just means that Missouri won the rivalry. Like, we're not talking wins the rivalry over time or won the same. They just flat out – they would have just flat out won the border war. And I don't think – I think I think Kansas has a little more pride in the union than that. So. Hmm. Maybe I just – I think they care about basketball more. But you know more than I do. But I know more than most of you, Kansas. I mean, I've, I mean, I, I mean I've, still, I've, I've still been to Kansas football games where there were more people than at the basketball games. So I, that's kind of where people, I mean, I, people at the University of Kansas know that football still matters and they still need to try to do something there, even though they just haven't, you know, I, uh, I, I still, oh my God, we're going on way too long about Kansas, but I still yeah. cannot understand how after that Mangino um, rise that they had, that they could not get a single fundraising project done on that stadium outside of a track and a, a practice facility. And now they're finally getting that built now, but like, that's that's 15 years after Iowa State got an indoor facility. I mean, yeah. and and Iowa State's just finished a 60 million dollar training facility that's like six stories tall. Like, I yeah, mean, in the last decade, Baylor has built an in a new outdoor and indoor training facilities. They have a new uh, athletic center. They have a new nutrition center. Like the the facilities. In the in the last 10 years, because I think everybody was preparing for this. Like in yeah. the last 10 years most schools in the big 12 have spent that money wisely that they've gotten. And I'm just, I, so I'm, I I think Kansas is proof that football runs the ship in college sports because they've, they've won, they've been to what two final fours or whatever, since this all went down. Yeah. Then 2012 and then 2018, they've made the final four. Uh, It shows just how little that really matters in the grand scheme of things, because, you know, I mean, it, what's it shown, you know? So um, Kansas state just down the road, I said that, I mean, they have a much nicer facility than uh, their conference counterpart. They have a much nicer football stadium than Iowa state does. Um, it's small, but it is, um, it's a really, really neat venue, but Kansas state's a long, long ways from Kansas city. And 
their enrollment's declining and they're not an AAU school. So I think that Kansas State has a little more of an uphill battle here. I mean, in, a, in the ideal world, I mean, their best case is the, that Pac-12 public option that I told you about. Uh, if, if Iowa State, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech went to the Pac-12 or Pac-16, I think that's the, that would be their best case scenario. Or, I mean, if there'd be mayhem, maybe maybe West Virginia, maybe West Virginia could join the ACC with them. I don't know, but I, Kansas State's in a is in that new Big Twelve unless the Pac Twelve comes calling. I think the best case scenario for Kansas State is the new Big Twelve, because historically speaking, they their football team is like the worst of all time. If especially if you take out the Snyder years, I mean. They are, I think, one of only two schools that have never won a team national championship. I think it was three, and then Mississippi State won baseball this year. Um, and so Kansas State's left on that list. So, like, they don't, they don't have anything to really hang their hat on. They've had some really, really, really good basketball teams, but never great. Their football teams, they've, like, started to climb the mountain and they've gotten to some points that were really cool but never really like got over the hump they were always the victim too of of what i think baylor and iowa state and tcu have felt is anytime we're good the conference is bad and that and that's that's the messaging that's there is is the conference always bad there is just no it's not it's just if 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 you're able to beat oklahoma well then oklahoma must just not be good um and and that's always what it is and so Kansas State has always had to live to that and I just I don't see any scenario where they bring anything to the table for the ACC Mm -hmm. academically or athletically and I you know and that's not I I have friends that went there one of my best friends at Baylor transferred there and graduated love him but I I don't I just don't see how the Pac-12 wants to go that far east and I don't know I just think it's a, a, a strange um, spot that they're in, that they have to be the ones that hope that the Big 12 stays together. And that's why I think they're the most dangerous team, because if I'm wrong and somebody does come calling, I could see them jumping ship immediately just to save themselves mm. um, because they have the biggest uphill climb. Yeah. Oklahoma State, I think that they're probably in the best shape of any of the uh, yeah. offs. I uh their football program has been really, really solid for a really long time. And I think that, I think for as much as we love to mock and to hate on Mike Gundy, I mean, he has just a solid football program that even like, let's be honest, their, their fan base has been negative as hell the last three years about their football program, but they've had teams in the top 10 in the last three years as well. So it's like, I think that, I think that Oklahoma perception wise, the only reason Oklahoma state fans are miserable is because Oklahoma's in their state. But I think that I think that um, you know high tide kind of raises all boats is kind of the thing in Oklahoma, and I think that Oklahoma State really needs to take notice of this moment because soon Oklahoma is not going to be over the shoulder kind of because they're going to be in this other league, and I think that you know if if you're not playing them maybe you're not thinking about them as much and I think that they need to really take this time to solidify themselves. But I think that their only good option outside of the Big 12 would be that Pac-12 situation I was talking about. No, I think that 
I think if, if, if the Pac-12 decided to just go three Texas schools and an Oklahoma school, I think they'd fit in that one too, obviously. Because um, I, th- I think that I think that Oklahoma State brings a little more Dallas than people might give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're, I don't, I, I don't know how much the markets play into it, but the television markets. But I, th- I think that I think that Oklahoma State can carry Dallas about not more than Texas Tech, but on a somewhat comparable level, just because of proximity. You'll see, uh, you'll see a number of Oklahoma State stuff in Houston too. Like it's it's not as much as you'll see of. A&M, LSU, UT, um, but they get down here. And it's an oil school. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. I think, I think Oklahoma state is in easily the best position. Um, if the PAC 12 decides to expand, Oklahoma state has to be that first phone call. Like it just makes too much sense. And they're a cool school. Like they show out to football games. They've got the paddles, which are a cool tradition and are way less annoying than boomer sooner over and over again. Um, Gallagher Iba Arena is awesome, and they've got the chance to really pack the house here in the next couple of years because I like where their basketball program is going too. They're really good at baseball; like they fit nicely into the Pac-12. So I think I think that's their best case scenario. And I think if a um, if a Big Twelve AAC, you know, you know, fine conference happens, I think they're the ones that run that thing. Yeah, I think that uh, kind of a side tangent. It's a bummer that the SEC couldn't get Oklahoma State baseball instead of Oklahoma baseball. <laughs> but and I, I feel bad for that Okie State program because they are pretty good. But that being said, Joe, no one goes to their basketball games, and I think and and they have very few sellouts in football. And I, I do wonder because um, you know the last round of realignment was about television markets and cable subscriptions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it does feel now that this round of realignment is still about the masses of people. I think at the end of the day, that's the masses of people is why the big state schools will do better. That being said, their fans don't show up very well at a lot of games. I mean, there's a lot of games in Stillwater, especially those like 11 o'clock games where, you know, Oklahoma fans are complaining about it, but their stadium is still full. When Oklahoma State gets in an 11 o'clock game, it's two thirds full, you know? And I think that, I think that, that's a concern, I think, for them. If and and like I said, I think they really need to take take this moment to heart, and they're they're gonna have to support their programs a little better, I think. Um, yeah, they're definitely fair weather. Yeah. Um, when when their when their basketball is really good, that place is packed. And when their football is really good, like I I still I still will never get the memory of Bryce Petty tripping over his own feet in that damn stadium well i think they were blacked out that that game too and uh but but yeah i I still think they're in the best position um tcu my i think my wonderful rival um man i feel bad for them i do they they got left out in the wilderness the last time this all happened and a major conference like major you know i guess the big east collapse but when the Southwest Conference collapsed, they got left out in the wilderness, probably only because the governor went to Baylor and uh, they spent 20 years wandering around and finally found a way to get out. And not only did they get out, they got out of the wilderness, came to a power conference and they competed. They won it. They beat the hell out of an SEC school in a New Year's Six Bowl like they did everything they were supposed to do in football. 
It was, and they're still not even that great at basketball. Like they're bad, but they did it all in football and they walked the path and did everything that everybody told them they had to do. And I think they're in the exact same boat that Baylor's in, but they may be edge Baylor a little bit because they sit in Fort Worth, whether or not that matters anymore. I don't know, but it's a more fun and more major city than Waco. Um, you for me, man, I see a, I see a really small school. I mean, half the size of Baylor. I, yep. I see a school where I've been to, I've been to, I've been to games there where Iowa state has more fans there than them. A school that's a thousand miles away. I see. I mean, I, I, that 20 years in the, I don't know what they were in the Southwest conference, but they don't have, so they have very nice facilities, but they have very small facilities. Mm-hmm. They have a very small campus and they do not move the needle in the Metroplex whatsoever. I think that I think I think if if the Pac-12 really 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 wants the Metroplex, they could add them. But I think they're adding them for a reason that was ten years ago in realignment, not today. I it's a it's a private school, you know, in a city where, to be honest, I mean that's a that's a Sooner in a Longhorn town. That's an Aggie town, you know. Like everyone in the Metroplex already has their team. That outside of TCU alums. Are there really that many casual TCU fans who really pack the house there? I don't see that. So I think I, th- I think they they I don't think there's a Pac-12 scenario for them. Even I think this new Big 12 is their ceiling. So mm. Mm. hate to hear it. <laughs> I'm just playing. We need to all stick together. Don't hate me, TCU. Um, next up, my wife's alma mater, Texas Tech. What do you think there? Uh, shout out to my talking tech podcast guys, by the way, uh, <laughs> Tristy. Tristy. Um, uh, along with Oklahoma State, I think they're actually in a, a decent spot. I do, I do think that uh, even though they're quote way out there, their alums are everywhere in the state of Texas, and there's a lot of them. And and even though Lubbock is way out there, which it is. Um, it's a huge school. It's 40,000 students. You know, it's the, you know, of the big 12 schools left. I mean, Texas Tech's the biggest. Iowa State's the second biggest. You know, they have 40,000. Iowa State has 35,000. Um, that translates to alums and that translates to people actually watching games. At the end of the day, in realignment now, it's not about how many cable subscriptions, it's how many people actually have the subscription, whether it's streaming or cable, and they actually click on it and they actually watch it. And naturally, there's just more numbers there for Texas Tech. So I think that I, I, I do think there's a Pac-12 option for them for sure. Mm. Um, and uh, I, I, the, the state of Texas is still growing ridiculously fast. And I think that of, of all these schools, so there's three Texas schools left. They're the public school. And I just think that there are innate advantages to being a public school, to being a private school, mostly because college football is kind of a you know, middle-class average Joe kind of thing. And, you know, when, when the other two Texas schools are private schools that are harder to get into much more expensive, you know, naturally that's why their numbers are so much smaller, like their enrollment numbers and things like that. So I think Texas tech is in a real opportune spot. If anyone has a spot at all, um, especially if that PAC 12 East division happens, because they're not that far from Phoenix. They're just not, I mean, compared to like how close everybody else is to other places in the Pac-12, um, they're right there, so. Yep, and 
they've got a lot of people from New Mexico and you, you're right. You see, you see tech everywhere here. Um, they're not ever in the numbers of a UTA or an AM, but they're, they're noticeable everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, I think, I think Kirby Hocutt sleeps well at night right now. Um, I think he, he knows that no matter what happens, even if it's the worst, the worst, the floor for them, I agree is, is the big 12 fine. Mm-hmm. And I think along with Oklahoma state, they would be the bosses. Like they would be the ones that are like, look, we've been around the longest. We have the most influence. We're the biggest. Like, I mean, UCF would be in that group, I think too, but I think Texas tech is set up nicely to control their destiny moving forward. Um, Finally, I think the one school that we have left that we haven't talked about is the one school I think that often just doesn't get talked about in the big 12 Um, West Virginia, the, the oddball of the group geographically and i think a lot of things uh, what do you think about west virginia oh i i've heard a lot of just bad things about that school i don't understand it i've never been there i'm actually kind of hoping to go there this year so i can learn about west virginia i guess because i'm never i'm probably never assume if things break apart I'm, i mean i may never have a reason to go to morgantown west virginia again so i'm maybe gonna do it but um Geographically, they're a long ways out there. Now, Ames is closer to Morgantown than it is to Lubbock. Hmm. But um, that's still not close, though. I mean, there's <laughs> there's like four states between us. But um, for whatever reason, the ACC has not wanted them. And it doesn't make sense to me because that is a, that, I mean, that is a passionate school. And even though it is a low population state, that state just breeds mountaineers. Like it just that is them, you know, um, they, I guess I don't get it. I think they are a great fit in the ACC. And I think that if push came to shove, especially if some other things wiggled in the ACC, I think that's where they'd be. Um, other than that, I worry because otherwise their opportunity is that new big 12 and you better hope that Cincinnati's in there so they could at least have someone kind of close who they've played before. But you know, I mean, in, in this ideal world, I mean, where we all land in places, I would love to see West Virginia and the ACC again so they can play Virginia Tech, who's their rival, who, so they can play Pitt, who's yeah. their rival. You know, I think that, you know, it's kind of like Iowa State in the Big Ten, like it makes too much sense not to happen, so that's why it's not going to happen, you know, and I, I for whatever reason, so I, I'm not I'm not an expert on West Virginia academics, but I've heard that's the knock against them by the ACC that they just don't want them. See, and, I would have always I always thought that they had like a killer engineering program, but maybe I'm just maybe I'm just wrong. I, I, have, I have no idea. And I mean, I'm sure that they're like coal science program is probably not doing so hot right now. But like mm-hmm. I just made that up. But, you know, <laughs> I they're, they're, they're close to a couple major television markets to Washington, D.C. and Pittsburgh. So it's not like they're. So they're out there, but they're not like really out there. Like they're, I mean, everything is more compact on the East coast. So like even a long ways out there on the East coast standards is still just a lot closer than, you know, us, you know, people out here on the prairie, you know? Um, but yeah, I think it's the ACC or it's this new big 12 and, you know, I think in this new big 12, they might be, they might be okay just because there, there'd probably be Cincinnati in there and there'd probably be central Florida there. So that at least be in that time zone. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hate it. Cause I actually kind of enjoy the West Virginia fans I've met, but 
that's what I was going to say. Like, I, I want something fun to happen for West Virginia just because every interaction that I've had in person with West Virginia fans, they're a blast. Like, they are not, I've never experienced like any trash talking when they've come to Waco. Like, they're just like, we're here to, we're here to watch football and party. And do you want to party with us while we watch football? Like, they're a um, for sure. Yeah. But, and, I, and I agree with you. Like, I think we belong in the ACC. Uh, just like I think like Oklahoma in the SEC makes sense to me. West Virginia in the ACC makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, they, they, they prioritize basketball and they're really competitive in football. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know why the ACC over the years hasn't wanted them, but um, like, I, I, I guess it makes sense to me, but like they feel good teams. Like, and I think that I, I, I think you would, I think there's schools, especially in, in Pittsburgh and in Blacksburg, who would just be tickled pink to play them again. I really think so. And and right now they're going to say, oh, well, we don't want to lose recruiting battles to them, you know, all those dumb excuses. But, like, let's get real. If you want to, if you want to, you know, win recruiting battles, you know, beat them. You know, I think that you have a lot of fun doing that if you're Pittsburgh and Virginia Tech. But also, I mean, West Virginia would win some of those too. But West Virginia, man, they – they never really fit in the big 12. They were a lot of fun, but man, did they never fit. And in this new big 12, especially if like, especially if, you know, if, it, if we can have Cincinnati, I think they'd actually be kind of in an okay spot. Um, but yeah. So if we had what Houston, BYU, you know, like a, a West Virginia BYU game, like that's a long flight. It is. So I, 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 I want Iowa State to land more than anybody, obviously, because I'm a selfish person. But, you know, I, that's a bummer they haven't just been able to find a home out there. You know what I mean? No, I know what you mean. And, and, and maybe if we got Central Florida in there, that would kind of at least be an easterly person that they can talk to, you know? <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think there's much in common between Morgantown and Orlando. But, you know. So, but man, it, 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 this all just sucks because like, we, we just went through all these schools, you know, and a lot of what we just said was negative, but like Kansas basketball is a big, big deal, you know, and Kansas state football, I've been ranked number one, like four times in my life or something like that, at least three, you know, Oklahoma state, that football program has been great, you know? Um, TCU has been the little engine that could, like literally and figuratively, because they had that little train going around the field. <laughs> and then, you know, Texas Tech, obviously. Um, those are some of the nuttiest fans out there, and kind of they own West Texas a little bit, and I, I, I worry that they might lose that a little bit if if they fall. But like they've owned that part of the state, they've owned a lot of New Mexico too, you know. And then West Virginia, they field good teams at everything, and and I, it just sucks that the perception of these teams is so bad including with Iowa State and Baylor, like, you know, to be honest, Iowa State's been probably the worst athletically. And in the last 10 years, we've figured it out. It's like we took the last missile crisis. We're like, okay, well, we got to figure this out. And we did, you know. You guys went to the mountaintop and you sacrificed your basketball team. Yeah. But when I, <laughs> but, but like, you're good at football now and you have Matt Gamble. It just sucks. It just sucks that the perception's so bad. Like, I know you've talked about um, like UCF, in 2017 that they probably played a better schedule than a lot of Pac-12 or ACC schools did. Yeah, for sure. 
and they get and everybody makes fun of them for their national championship banner and rings and all that stuff but like man they deserved a shot and one thing that we haven't mentioned a single time on this and we can kind of maybe close with the positive side of things is we can't forget that even though that there's this likelihood we end up with 32 teams i think before that ever happens i think we get to a 12 team playoff and if we get to a 12 team playoff it doesn't matter anymore because you get you can get in and win i agree there um now i will say though um, those negotiations are probably going to stall until 2025 because I think that I think now that uh, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 realize that ESPN is trying to really own that thing and really try to manipulate which teams are in it. I don't think that's I don't think we're going to get a vote on that until 2025. At that point, though, Fox can bid on it. And CBS can bid on it. And I, I do think that maybe that'll wind up being a better product in the end, just because all of a sudden it won't be a monopoly for ESPN. Mm. So I don't know. But I think what worries me just so much about Iowa State is I've seen what happens when Iowa State's poor. It has no money. It ain't pretty. Like, even, even the years where they're good in football in the 70s, like Johnny Majors and Earl Bruce. I mean, you don't know what Johnny Majors and Earl Bruce because they were Iowa State coaches. You know them because they won national championships in Tennessee and Ohio State. And I just don't want to go back to that. And it's just – and that's what – just harp at our stadium. Because, like <laughs> – we, you know, we, we've, we've figured this out finally and it's just kind of getting pulled away. And, and I'll be honest, the money aspect was a lot of it. And I don't like the idea of Iowa State just not having the revenue to do what they're doing. I mean, we're paying Matt Campbell and his staff a lot of money right now. And is, is he okay? Is he okay coaching in a new Big 12 that, isn't at the big boy table anymore, you know, you know, part, you know, is potentially he might enjoy that, but he also did lose. He also did leave a mid-major already. And I'm not going to say that Iowa state would necessarily be quote mid-major at that point, but we wouldn't be at the big kids table. And that that's worrisome for me on my end. No, that makes sense. Baylor is a school that has found a few nuggets of football success throughout the decades. And Unfortunately, a lot of the time we're more remembered by scandal and maybe rightfully so than anything else. And that's that's a big thing for Baylor is is going to be what does that perception look like when you're talking to other groups? And does the fact that the NCAA still has not ruled on what's going to happen post Bryles, does that have any effect on anything? Is there any expectation of um punishment coming down what is it going to be and does a conference want to be involved in that Mm -hmm. um i think that's that's a point that can't be understated Mm -hmm. um so it's it's an interesting spot but like i said like our basketball team is i think no matter where we land kids are going to want to come play basketball there plus we're just about we already have the money we're about to build a brand new football uh basketball arena Mm-hmm. Um, we have great basketball facilities and you're going to get to see national championship banners. And we have, uh, an opportunity that no matter what, I think we can be a, um, a Villanova, we could be a Kansas, right. Um, a school that doesn't have a notable football team, but has a notable basketball team. If we were to land in a conference that didn't focus on football, yeah, like, um, as much as I was shitting on Kansas earlier, um, Kansas 
basketball doesn't really have to fall. Baylor basketball really doesn't have to fall here. Yeah. Um, no, Iowa State's got, I mean, Iowa State can only go up after last year, but I mean, generally we're a pretty good program. And I was kind of talking to my dad about this. If, if the worst thing that comes to play is that we still play Kansas and then we're playing Cincinnati instead of Texas, basketball's fine, you know? Yeah, really, it, it really is. And, and even if we were to end up in a situation where, um, you know, we were in a conference where football wasn't great. Like, let's say we ended up in the Mountain West. Like you can still look at Gonzaga. Like even if that basketball conference doesn't look good, like Gonzaga plays in high school stadiums all year long. But what do they do? They load up on playing in Madison Square Garden in Chicago and everywhere else in all the preseason before they get to conference games. And so kids want to come play with that. So you can still do that. Um, I think I think our basketball um, uh, livelihoods aren't aren't necessarily in shambles with all of this. It only has to do with football. Yeah. So. Maybe basketball will end up being our, our shining light, which in the history of Iowa State, we're a lot more likely to be good at basketball than football. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so anyway, um, you know, I think that uh, I think that the world might see a little more of us talking sports a little bit. We'll just see kind of how the landscape goes. But uh, it's been good talking with you this afternoon, Joe. Um, I wish the circumstances were a little better, but, you know, I think that uh, we've been able to kind of get through these topics and wade through them. Uh, both through a personal lens and from a logistical lens and kind of a objective lens. So I think, uh, I, I hope everyone enjoys this for sure. Yeah, we'll have a, I think, I think we're entering a time where we'll have plenty of plenty to talk about for a very long time. So. Yep. Uh, well, I hope everyone has a good week and I hope that everyone does truly enjoy if you, if we, if you don't hear from us again, I do truly hope that everyone enjoys college football this fall in big 12 country. You know, I think I think a lot of our pain today will at least subside a bit when we're walking around our football stadiums and we smell our grills, we uh, we hear our our beers, our bush lights open up. You know, <laughs> and just remember, I, I think I think that I I think things will at least feel good this fall. You know, that's, yeah. I think and I think I think we just need everybody to remember the most important thing is going to be horns down as much as possible. Any chance you get, fuck the penalty. Let's go. Yeah, uh, I maybe maybe the next one we'll figure out how to how to do a horns down for Oklahoma. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, All right, Trav, it's been okay. good, man. It's been good talking to you guys. Thank you. See you, Joe.